You are listening to the 10 Minute Entrepreneur Podcast with host Sean Castrina. Most of us who love entrepreneurship, we do it because we'd like to get wealthy. We'd like to change our our financial situation or maybe the you know the financial situation we came from and we want to have some independence and so we're going to get into that today obviously you're listening to the 10 minute entrepreneur podcast we're going to talk about right now is the eight what i believe are really eight stages in wealth development and i'm not saying they come in exactly the order i'm going to share it with you but i believe you have to kind of go through all eight and they're and they go very close to the order that I'm going to share with you. The very first stage, if you're trying to get wealthy, is there is a value in a dollar. At some point, you start realizing, I, man, having money is a good thing. Like, like all things aren't equal. You know, this idea that, you know, it, it's okay to be poor, we're a minimalist, we're in the, I, I just think it just justifies being lazy. T- to me, it just justifies having a standard of living that that you don't have to have. And we'll get into what you do with your money, but I don't think there's anything wrong with wealth at, at all. Again, I believe that, you know, every dream of a nonprofit requires the giving of an entrepreneur, <laughs> okay? It requires money. So the very first stage really is at some point you start to value money. You view it as something important, Okay. Then the second stage is because of that, you start earning it. And I don't care if it's when you're in middle school, you know, mowing lawns, but at some point you want to make your own money. You want, you become an earner. And, and obviously, hopefully, you know, that earning just gets bigger, 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 bigger your entire life. But Again, you value it, then you want to earn it. Then then there becomes an education process. I remember with me, I can remember the book that I read, the seminar that I went to. I was in college. I went to a Larry Burkett seminar, and it's the first time I learned how a budget, like, okay, like your housing should never take up more than 35% of your income. Your auto and stuff shouldn't take up more than 15. I'm just, and I'm literally going off 30 years of memory. But there becomes an education process. And then I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and, you know, you name the book. But there becomes a hunger for education in regards to how to understand money, manage money, grow money, all that. There's something that starts grabbing you and there's an educational process that you, you crave understanding what to do with money. So you value it, you earn it. And then there's an education process. And, and I'm still in the education process. I, I still look at different ways to maximize my money, protect my money, and, and things of that nature. Then through the education process, you quickly learn that the first stage in really getting wealthy is learning how to save money. Learning how to not live on every dime that you make. And that's one of the first, I, I have the first $35 in a, in a retirement in my very first job out of college, I made $350 a week and I put 10% away, which was $35 and it's in a Safeco account that I still get you know, a statement from. Think about that. First $35 I ever made coming out of college, I still have. And I've practiced that practice for my entire adult life. Needless to say, there's an extraordinary amount of money sitting aside. And that has nothing to do with my entrepreneurship. I'm, I'm still on go at all times. 
I'm still a massive accumulator. And, and I'm going to get into those stages here in just a few seconds. But I just shared with you, just real quickly, I just went through, you know, a couple stages. I, I, I valued money. My parents never had it. Okay. All the fights were always over money. I remember going out to dinner maybe once a year. And then I learned, well, golly, I got to earn it. I got to earn my own money because my parents aren't going to give me any. If I want to wear Nikes or things like that, I better earn money. Then, then you, as you're earning it, you get this desire to kind of understand it a bit, assuming you really want to be wealthy. So you, you, you get a little education and then you start getting a lot of education. And in that education, you realize wealthy people live on less than what they make. They learn to save it. They learn the art of saving. I always say you pay yourself a wealth tax, 10% for the rest of your life. You save that money. And then, you know, we start going into the, the fifth step is you, you start investing it. And I shared with you, I put $35 away and, and that, okay, so that became a retirement account. And then you start adding Roth IRAs and then, you know, then you start, there's various insurance products that if you're wealthy, they have some tremendous tax benefits. And, and you start learning all these massive tools. I Right now, a big thing that I've been using is certificates of deposit. Why? I can get like 4.7%. It's locked up for six months. I got it sitting in the bank anyway, and I, you can do it in multiples of 100,000, quarter, quarter of a million. It's kind of where I, you stop at in, in any given bank, and I, I use multiple banking institutions. But you, you start learning how to invest money. So I have money that I don't, you know, that I haven't touched for 30 years. That's in one, you know, that's in a, okay, got that working here. And then I've got, you know, the investment accounts, and these are short term. I would say one to three years where I'm looking for a business opportunity. So I put away a certain amount. It's I always say it's kind of like my gunpowder on the side, and, and I'm looking for an I'm looking for things to invest. I'm looking for investment opportunities. Okay, and and typically at this point, I, I start you know because I have my my fundamentals, ten percent and different things that I put away. This is where I'm, I'm you know this is I'm just just constantly looking. I'm trying to diversify and have this nice portfolio that can ride out the times. And I don't care when the market goes down, never bothers me because I'm always buying. I'm buying at all times. And there's never a, there's never a two week period that's gone by in the last 30 years where I haven't bought an investment vehicle, you know, mutual fund, a retirement vehicle, things of that nature. So the con, the investing is nonstop. Then the next phase in that is you, you start protecting your money. I kind of talked about that there just in the last minute of you diversify and you protect it. I bought a stock, and I never forget this when I was 30. Somebody said, oh, you know, you got to start buying individual stocks when everybody was a day trader. Well, I knew it darn well. I didn't want to be a day trader. That seemed like it took a lot of time and, and studying. So I had a stockbroker, and I, and I bought a stock. It's a batteries type of stock. I, I still know it to this day because it stung my rear end so bad. And I remember, like, looking at the stock, looking at the stock, and one day it was zero. I'm not saying it was necessarily zero, but it dropped to like pennies. I just know that I, it, the the stamp to send me the money would have cost more money than the check inside it. So it was at that point that I started learning, you know, really the, that you have to protect money. Again, I, you know, I value it. I earn it. I'm studying the education of it, how it works. I'm saving it. I'm investing it. Well, you got to learn to protect it. And it, it's at some point you get really good at that. You get really good at 
this is what I'm willing to utilize. This is what I'm never going to put at risk. This is why I'm not, this is where I'm going to put it to keep it from being at risk. And again, so that you have that, that very protected portfolio. Why? Because the last thing you want to do is be in your fifties and lose everything you've spent 35 years working for, 30 years working for. So I make sure that doesn't happen. And that's through protection. And then, you know, I look for opportunities to leverage money to make really good returns on my money. Okay, I've told you, I've got all these little bins that I put money in. I don't like to put anything more than $100,000 in the poker game of, of leveraging at any time. 100 is kind of the, okay, I can lose it. It won't kill me. Don't get me wrong. It will skin my rear end. I'm not going to be happy about it, but I can make it back pretty fast. You know, in le- way less than a year, okay, in, in various you know passive incomes, and I, I can get it back. But a hundred's kind of my my. That's where I draw the line. And when I use this, I'm looking for leveraging. I'm looking for a two to five per time return on my money. This is where I'm okay. Remember, I got all my little pieces of the pie. I got my retirements, my Roth IRAs, insurance vehicles. I've got my consistent mutual funds, and they got got all that. Got got that whole thing. I got certificates of deposit, you know, and, and I got cash and things like that. But I look for opportunities for great leverage. This is typically a real estate deal. This is uh, investing in a business. This is where again I'm looking to if I'm putting up a hundred. I feel like there's a great, there's a 75% chance. And at this point, I'm in the startup game pretty long. So I, I know what works, what doesn't work. I understand real estate. I know how to buy it. I look at tax assessments, rental values, things of that nature. I, I know the game. I know the game really well. So I know if I put up this hundred, I know I'm, you know, in a real estate, I know there's no chance of me losing it. And I know there's a really good chance of me getting, a, potentially doubling it in a three to five year period. And sometimes even fat, like this last year, I'm getting ready to do a deal right now at my realtors selling a piece of property that I bought for two sixty five a year ago, and I can get four hundred right now. I, I got to tell you, why I'm out? I'm out. Why? why? I made. I have kind of like a dollar figure value. I'm make. I'm going to make fifty percent of an investment that I've had for about a year. I don't get greedy and I don't get stupid. I, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Boom get all my money back, get the money I put down to get on the deal. And then I, you know, put a, what maybe 110 in my pocket. And this deal took me what, maybe two hours of my time. I went and looked at it with my realtor, took 15 minutes to look at it. Numbers made sense. Boom. I closed within 30 days. Hadn't really paid any attention to it since then. It's been a rental property, a positive rental property. Boom. Okay. So I look for leverage and things of that nature. I look for those two to five you know, X returns. And then this is the fun part. I just wrote a couple checks in the last week. It's getting towards the, you know, I don't know, you'll listen to this podcast to the end of the year. I did some massive giving. Had some lunch with a few people that, had, that are involved in things that parallel my value system. And, and I couldn't, I wrote some big checks. Like I'm talking them staggering ones, like where you're like, wow, that, that's a really big check where they look at it and they do a double check. They do a double take. Because giving generously is the most fun part. It, it, you get to a point where that's the, really the, that's the jazz. In the beginning, it was learning how to make money and learning how all the chess pieces moved. At this point, I kind of understand that. 
you know, but now it's being able to give. I mean, give in such a way that you move the needle in whatever project you're involved in. You're one of the people that move the needle. So again, you're listening to 10-Minute Entrepreneur Podcast, and I'm just telling you, most entrepreneurs, you know, hey, listen, we love to make money. That's why we take the risk. Uh, we want to steer our own ship. We think we've got an idea that could make us a little bit more money than the average person. That's fun. Uh, again, being an employee, you can, get, you can get let go any day. I believe there's zero zero security. You know, I even look at like I was looking at coaches. You know, great these guys making tons of money. Like the football co- coach at Michigan, he had like a hundred million dollar deal, and something happened, and boom, boom, he you know, of his own doing, but he got fired. And we lost like seventy eight million dollars on a contract. And, and and you can go, you know, you can lose something great overnight. You can screw it up yourself. Somebody could screw it up for you. The economy can screw it up. Uh, If you're an employee for a company, somebody above you makes a bad decision for the company and you're out of business in a year or two. You know, a la Circuit City, Radio Shack. You know, I can keep going down the line. So let's really run through these super fast. What I believe are the eight stages of wealth. They don't necessarily go in this order, but they tend to clump three at a time kind of in the same range. At some point, you value money. You're like, I want it. I want it. I think it's a pretty nice thing. I always tell people, it's not the best thing, but it's in the top five. So you value money. Then you, because you value it, you want to start earning it. And you you start earning it. Then you realize that you need some level of education because you don't understand what to do with it. You have it and you know, golly, I can make more. You know, I could learn how to invest it. Like, what do I do with it? So there's, there tends to be a, a, a desire for education. And in that education, the first big step in in creating wealth is learning how to save money, learning how to live on less than what you make. So you have that savings stage. Then you start investing it because you're you're making more than that savings 10%. And so you start putting it in other funds and different things. You've got a lot of different things going on. You invest it. Then you reach a point where you got to start protecting it. It only takes one kick in, kick in the rear end losing money to learn that you better learn how to protect it. I learned mine when I lost in that battery stock. So you start protecting it. Then you start amassing enough in chunks outside of your 10% of savings and your retirement. You start having additional big chunks of money and you learn how to leverage that. That might be a real estate deal, a business partnership, whatever the case may be. And you do that because you want to double, triple, 5x your money. You're looking for a big opportunity to make really good money. And, and again, it doesn't mean you do stuff that's stupid. It doesn't mean you do stuff you don't understand. I only invest in things I highly understand that I'm extraordinarily confident are going to work out or at least I can break even. Like the money's just not going to go to zero. And then finally, you give extravagantly. And that's the fun part. You give enough to shock whoever it is you're giving it to. That's the level of giving. You want to give something that 99 out of 100 people go, oh my, you changed my life. You made something so much better, whatever the case may may be. And I've had the opportunity to do stuff like that, but I don't want to talk about it because I think when you talk about it, you take the reward away from yourself. So, but again, you learn how to give. I want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It's, it's just unbelievable it's the podcast is ranked number one in the world and a country that i tell you i can never pronounce i think the one was p-a-l-a-o last week something really close to that again if it's not on my risk board and i then i i don't know where it exists uh but i'm constantly humbled by the amount of 
you know, countries. It's been, you know, the top entrepreneurship podcast, more than 20 uh, countries. I think people like the quick format. And uh, again, thank you for listening. Podcast brought to you by Gig Strategic, the best digital marketing company for small businesses, period. There's not a, there's not a close second. And it's their format. They actually have people in the building that work with your company and spend their time working on yours. And it's funny because even in mine, I, I got my my email that got to me because they're like, hey, we're we're looking at your your site. They mentioned one of my companies, and we're reviewing search terms and things like that. Has has anything changed? And as a matter of fact, I was like, yeah, we're actually doing whatever. But it's their constant communication with me that keeps my my results so good because they don't just plug it in AI and it sits there for two years. No, it's a human being working with all the technology that's available. So gigstrategic.com. They're incredible. Reach out to them. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We'll talk again soon.